Your style is unorthodox, but effective. It is not the art, but the combat that you enjoy. Man, you come right out of a comic book. You are now, now listening, listening to Black, Black Comics, Comics Chat. Chat. Black, Black, Black Comics Chat. We are live on Black Comics Chat. Black Comics Chat. Black Comics Chat. We are live on Black Comics Chat. Black Comics Chat. Shannon, CG, Lauren, and Mel form the Nerds of Prey, a group of ladies bonded by comics, gaming, film, television, and fandom culture. Hang out with them bi-weekly as they dig into the very things that make them loud and proud nerds. Available on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, and Google Play. Also, check out their Patreon at patreon.com backslash nerds of prey. Hi, this is Anthony Rutgazer. I'm the writer of The First Hero and Heroes of Homeroom C, and you are listening to Black Comics Chat. Hey, hey, what is going on? What's happening? What's cracking? What's popping, people? This is Marcus Kwame, and we are back for another episode of Black Comics Chat. Um, you know, I'm flying solo tonight as far as the, the Comics Chat crew is concerned, but it's all good because we've got a full house tonight. We got the crew from, from the North Star. A really exciting Kickstarter campaign that I want everyone to go out and back. Um, so yeah, without any further ado, I'm going to get into introductions. Um, you know, we have returning to the show, uh, the creator of Route 3 and co-creator or co-writer uh, on Radio Free writer. America. We got, um, we got Robert Jeffrey returning to the show for the third time. How are you, sir? Doing good, man. Doing good. Glad to, glad to be back on the show. Definitely, definitely. And yeah, we also have um, the, the artist on, on North Star, who's, I've seen some of the, you know, beautiful designs that he's been cooking up. Um, you've seen him all around the comics world, and, you know, we're going to get into his his artwork and his thoughts on things. We got, we got Corey Turnbull in the house. How are you? Hey, what's going on? What's going on, Marcus? Thanks for having me on the show. Guess first, I'll, I'll kick it to you, uh, Robert. Like, mm-hmm. so... So yeah, let, let's, uh, you know, we always like to start on the show speaking about people's origin stories, let them get to know um, the creators a little bit. So can you tell us about your origin story um, as, a, as a consumer of comics and as a creator? Yeah, yeah. I, um, you know, originally from Chicago, South Side of Chicago, um, and, you know, we didn't, I was just telling somebody this the other day, we didn't have comic book stores like in my neighborhood. And, you know, not saying that they didn't exist, you know, on the South Side, but, you know, the easiest way for us to get access to, you know, to comics um, was like the local drugstore. I think it was either Walgreens or Osco. I think you, it's it's called Osco up in Chicago. So, Walgreens. Uh, yeah, yeah. So my mom would, you know, pick up the comics from, you know, from there. And, uh, you know, that's how I got started, you know, reading things like you know, Spider-Man and, and the X-Men. Uh, and then, you know, shortly after that, my, my older cousin, he was, he was in the Coast Guard at the time. He had his own collection of comics, which uh, he, you know, let me have a bunch of, you know, 
bunch of you know books from his collection. And one of those was the Jim Lee, Chris Claremont, uh, X-Men, you know, 98, early 90s. Oh, yeah. Um, so that combined with, you know, the comics I've been already reading and, you know, growing up on cartoons like, you know, Batman the Animated Series and X-Men and Spider-Man, you know, that pretty much kind of pushed me into, you know, my love of, you know, reading comic books. And, um, and then my dad mailed up, you know, milestone books from Atlanta. And a Georgia, you know, milestone media, mm. and I was I was done. <laughs> so, mm. you know, because that that helped me at that point to realize that there were more characters that looked like me out there, and I could actually possibly have a shot, you know, at creating, you know, comics uh, behind you know behind the scenes as a writer and as a creator. Right. Um, you know, so you know, fast forward to, you know, the work with Terminus Media. Uh, Route three, Radio Free America, and the CDC work, and um, and I, you know, just got accepted last year into the DC Writers Work, DC Comics Writers Workshop. Oh, so, God. yeah, so it's been, um, so that's kind of kind of like my the fast, you know, the kind of the quickly edited version right, <laughs> of right, where right. things are at. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's it started out just picking up comics from from Walgreens uh, to you know to where I'm at now. So. All right, cool, cool, and yeah, man. I mean, it's funny because it's like your your origin story. Um, I remember, I remember the the drugstore when when that's where mm-hmm. you would find comics where you could get them at the groceries. And I don't know, man. It was it was it was a big deal. I I would uh, mm-hmm. you know, get on my bike and and ride farther than I was supposed to when I was a little kid just to just to go to the CVS and um, you know, pick up some comics. So. Yeah, and, and yeah. milestone it was huge. It was huge for for all of us. So, right. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah definitely. Oh, yeah. It um. It definitely. I mean, a, a lot of the creators that I you know I've worked with or come across. I mean, that's you know next image. Mm-hmm. You know, those were two like kind of cataclysmic moments <laughs> creatively where yeah. you know they just kind of saw that these doors being open because. You know, you always have this feeling like if you don't see people who look like you, you know, doing these things, mm-hmm. you know, it's just you have no example, you know, and, and you and you can still do it even if you don't see, you know, folks who look like you. But it definitely helped to, like, read those bullpen uh, issues or the, the parts of the, the bullpen parts of the issues and just say, oh, yeah. like, wow, you know, that's that's awesome. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, 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 definitely Milestone is um big so you know you so you know you can tell i was hyped once i got accepted into the workshop i was like yes <laughs> so yeah but uh so yeah but it's, um, yeah so it's been it's been pretty but that's that's my origin story all right cool cool so coy uh what, what's what's your origin story well uh play this i'm from uh jamaica queens uh new york uh originally and Pretty much, uh, my first experience was, uh, you know, reading comics anyway, was uh, I was on a trip to Boston uh, with my mom. And, you know, we were, I was, she was introducing me to her um, to her brother for the first time, uh, which I guess my uncle. And I was a bad little kid, to be honest with you. Uh, I used to, you know, anything that was bad, I probably did it, you know, as a little kid. This is about when I was six years old. And um, as I'm running around Amtrak, you know, making a fool of myself and making a whole bunch of noise. My uncle, who I had never met in my life, uh, walked up to me and said, hey, son, 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 son. come here, come here for a second. Take this and read and just sit down. Sit down and read. 
and it was of all books, it was it was a comic book number one, but it was uh, the spectacular. Uh, what was it, Peter Porker? The spectacular oh, Spider Man. Yeah. yeah, and uh, man, I was hooked. From that point on, I was hooked. Now, before that, I did a lot of drawing. Um, I can actually remember my first drawing being when I was around three years old, and I could just I could just only remember just drawing at all times, whether it was with a crayon or whether it was with uh, a marker or a pencil. It was always about drawing. Right. But when I picked up that that comic, I don't know why, but I felt like as if that was it. Um, I had wanted to be an astronaut, wanted to be a basketball player, wanted to be a football player, but I really wanted to be a baseball player. Um, but when that comic was put in my hand, it was like as if that just took it over. So from that point, um, anything that had a picture, I drew it. Or if it was a, um, a, a comic or it's, if it was He-Man, for instance, I drew that all the time. I actually met my first girlfriend over uh, drawing from He-Man. So... <laughs> From from that point, um, I would say like when I was about twelve years old, I worked in my first comic shop. Um, had a great time, and I was in uh, uh, that was in Queens, but I want to say it was in Elmer's, but I don't I don't quite think that. I think it was in Village Village. Uh, uh, what was it? Village. Uh, the, the name will come to me in a minute. So, anyways, as we're as I think I moved down south when I was about twelve years old to North Carolina. And I ran into this great man, actually, uh, Rick Davis, who actually used to um, assist um, Dave Cockrum on, on X-Men, you know, doing uh, inks and everything. So, sorry, sorry, Sam Granger and working over Dave Cockrum. And, my God, he had so much information, so much uh, friends that he was able to hook me up with that I ended up uh, learning everything that I could about art, about drawing comics, about working in the business. Um, at that time, he had introduced me to Mike Ringo, Chuck Wojtkiewicz, Casey Jones, um, Rob Haynes. And just, uh, that was, I think, hanging out with him is the first time I met uh, Criss Cross for the first time. Um, uh, just a, a, like, I, like I said, uh, working for him, which he had his own comic book store at the time, too. I was... I was given everything, every single tool that you could think of, you know, for an aspiring comic book artist. I had the books in front of me. I had great people walking in. Uh, you would think that people just, just talking to people uh, wouldn't actually, you know, like influence your artwork. Every single customer was a huge influence into my work. So once I, I guess I got enough uh, information from uh, living down south. I eventually moved back to New York. And once in New York, I eventually hooked back up or tried to hook up with Marvel. Um, my samples were raw, weren't ready. I didn't know that at the time, but man, I really wanted, I really thought I could, you know, I thought I could draw anything actually at that time. I ended up um, hooking up with some great guys um, at the studio. It was called simply The Studio, where artists like uh, Louis Small Jr., uh, Gray, who was a valiant artist. Um, uh, Stephen Harris was there. He was a great artist. Um, then there's, um, I mean, just a, a ton of guys that walked in there, like uh, Walter McDaniel. He was the guy who I ended up doing backgrounds for, who, I mean, that's my brother right there, to be honest with you. Like, artistically, there's a lot of things that I, I do now that um, merely through conversation we would have, 
I'm still to this day, you know, honing. Uh, then I, through that same studio, though, I got my first taste of what a Marvel comic should look like, or even uh, the process of creating a comic book was with uh, Adam Polina. And uh, I got to do uh, backgrounds for him for, I think, six issues. That was a learning experience, boy. That was, that was definitely hands, you know, like or hands and feet already in the middle or, or rather in the middle of a war or something like that. Like it felt like as if we were in a bunker and all we were doing was just taking cover, you know, from a bunch of shots coming from editors, you know, like the, 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 the bullets would be, you know, them calling, asking for pages and we would just be sending back a bunch of grenades and that would be a full book. Wow. That experience ended up moving on to me working solely for, um, for Adam. Oh, sorry for, uh, Walt. And then through Walt, I ended up getting my first comic, uh, Kazar. Uh, what if, what if, uh, actually it was an issue of what if number 112. It was, uh, what if the savage, what if New York stayed the savage land? I believe it was a storyline that was in, uh, the Kazar series. And I, I did I've, the what I if I think I read that issue. <laughs> oh yeah. That sounds familiar. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that was my first book with uh, Frank Peterisi was my editor on that, and he was he was cool. Um, uh, let me see here. First off, he happened to walk into uh, Matt Idelson's office, who um, Walter was working for. Uh, he was doing uh, Deadpool at the time. I was working on his backgrounds, and Walt just so happened to be in the office that day when Frank walked over to uh, Matt's office and said uh hey do you do you know anybody you know matt was a, was also the editor of kazar he goes do you know anybody that uh can draw dinosaurs you know and all that stuff you know you since you work on the book and he was like at first like no actually i can't think of anybody and walt being there goes wait a minute yes you do coy you just saw his uh his portfolio and he had you had him draw the savage land uh um samples he was like, oh yeah that was some good stuff yeah why don't you ask that guy to, to draw your book and that's how I got my assignment. I got my first call. Um, since then, it's been I've worked on. Uh, I guess the most prominent thing I've, I'm known for is the work I work on at, at Aspen. Uh, my entire like I says eleven, but technically it's like about fourteen issues of uh, Fathom, uh, the second volume, and that was fun. That was really fun, and just been you know worked for Marvel and DC since and. Uh, basically just been trying to create uh different projects different properties that are new uh, and exciting so that's where i'm at today all right cool cool and uh so i mean that brings you right up to today in the the work that you're doing uh you know on the north star so robert can you tell us um what what, what is the north star tell us all about this project and how it came together yeah yeah the um you know the, the north star is um, it's the North Star, the Emancipation of Frederick Douglass. Uh, it's the you know the brainchild of uh, Baron, uh, Baron Robert Bell, or actually Doctor Bell, <laughs> Doctor Bell. Um, and he, um, I was approached about it, um, you know, a couple of months ago about you know, coming in as the you know as an editor uh, for the project, and he was going to handle the writing with Coy, uh, doing the awesome artwork, and it's it's basically a. a we call it a dramatic retelling of the three pivotal moments in the life of Douglas. And, you know, the first, the, we're running a Kickstarter right now for, uh, to raise funds for production of the first volume 
um, in the series and, you know, basically focusing on his early, you know, uh, Douglas's earlier life and, you know, just the adversity and, you know, the danger and just pretty much just, you know, I'll put it just as bluntly as this, having him live as a black man, you know, that era of America's history. Um, but it's, it's, you know, his story is, you know, it's one of those one that's, it's, it's truly an American uh, story of, you know, just kind of individualism, you know, surviving against the odds and, you know, at the end of the day, dealing with, um, you know, the harsh reality of, you know, being a, you know, an accomplished man of, of color, you know, back then, uh, but just, you know, straight up just being a, a you know, black man in America. Right. Uh, but that's, you know, that's how, you know, Baron kind of pitched it to me as far as, you know, coming on board to help out and, you know, just wanting to get the word out about, you know, about Douglas's life out to potential readers and, you know, a big goal with this is to possibly try to get this into, you know, uh, libraries and schools and bookstores and you know, one, you know, one big series that we've, you know, taken, uh, you know, inspiration from is like John Lewis's March uh, series. Right, right. And, you know, we definitely see how much of an effect that has had, um, you know, all across the board in terms of, you know, using the medium of, of comics or just a graphic novel, you know, to get these important stories out there uh, to readers, you know, to both comic book readers and, you know, students and casual readers and, you know, somebody who might go to Barnes & Noble and just want to pick something, you know, try something different. But, um, you know, Fred, Frederick Douglass was, he was, he was everything. He was, you know, he was a statesman. He was a uh, newspaper owner. He was, um, you know, had the ear of, you know, such, you know, presidents like Lincoln and, you know, Ulysses S. Grant and uh, was really big with the suffrage movement. So it's just like, you know, he was truly a Renaissance man. And it's just, we, we really just, we, you know, decided to just come together and just, you know, just to tell that story. Uh, and also, like, um, this is that this, this story really is at a time when I think a lot of people need to see it. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we're at, a, I think, an inflection point where we can go one way, or we can go the other. And I think we need to hear as many different points of views and also show how we've been here before. Right. We've been in this particular point when, you know, we can either slide our, our dirty nonsense underneath the rug and come back to it another hundred years. Or we could learn from what happened a hundred years ago, a little over a hundred years ago, and learn a lesson and actually deal with the lesson. I think that there's one thing that this book, there's certain scenes that pop where when you look at them, I mean, at least as I'm reading the script and I'm looking at, you know, I I, I always point at certain uh, images and say, these are landmarks. Hmm. There are some graphic landmarks within the story that, to not depict it as graphically as it is written, it would do. It would be a disservice because that honesty that I think we now need—that's the honesty that this book is also trying to portray. Right, and we've. Oh ahead. no, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was going to end by saying we've been here before, so it's right. like why not use this book as a as a way to show that um you know this is the lesson that we learned from this time. We didn't listen or we didn't learn properly last time the lessons how about this time what are we going to do 
Right. Well, it's funny because you um you beat me to the punch because that was actually where I was going to go next. I know that in the the Kickstarter video, which again everyone listening, uh, go just search for uh, North Star, um, for, uh, the Emancipation of Frederick Douglass on Kickstarter, and definitely check out the campaign. But as I was watching the video for the campaign, um, I know that Barron spoke about how Frederick Dor- Frederick Douglass's story lit a spark in him. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, that, that, that idea and that imagery um, made me think of exactly what, you, what you're speaking about, Koi. The idea that, like, for a lot of us now in these troubled, dark times that we're in, where we have been here before, for a lot of us, you know, we are using creative means of resistance and mm-hmm. um, education and re-education. And that's why I think that this, this story is um, extremely timely. Um, the other thing that I was really struck by is the fact that, I mean, I've def- we definitely have, uh, in my house, we have some Frederick Douglass, uh, children's books, you know, that we read mm-hmm. to my daughter, but to my knowledge, like, I feel like this is, is this the first time that, um, you know, Frederick Douglass's story has gotten a uh, graphic novel treatment? Uh, it's a good question. I don't know if it's, if this is the first time, because I believe that there's been uh, there have been other actually there have been there have been others where um, I remember coming up in school reading um, like what were like pamphlets. I guess guys mm-hmm. would come in and draw like maybe like little small eight page stories about who in a gist was um, Frederick Douglass, along with all other like for like Black History Month. I think it was for in school. I remember once in New York, but um, as a graphic novel. I'm not certain if a whole book uh, was right. dedicated to it in, in terms of like with the artwork that I, I know that we're planning um, to where things are so graphically seen. I think uh, certain books were probably more PG or more um, kid friendly right. and definitely we want to, we want to keep it there as well, but we also want to kind of show a reality as well, you know, to go along with it. Right. And the the reason I ask that is um, because like, you know, and I, I think you're right. I remember being in school and, and reading things that were, you know, more more like pamphlets. But I feel like mm-hmm. in this era that we're in where, you know, the, the medium of comics and graphic novels are so wide open as far as the stories that are told. And, you know, pretty much like the line between comics and film is blurred. I really think that what you guys are doing is really special in the sense that um, while Frederick Douglass's story has been told before, I feel like it's kind of uh, tailor-made for for the medium of comics and graphic novels in particular, yeah. especially um, the approach that you're taking with this, um, you know, like three book series. So um, yeah, and like you know, I'm, I'm re- I think it's really dope that you guys are um, looking to to get into schools and connect with kids in that way. So um, well, the one thing I can say, yeah, Brett Barron. I, I, Go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, Baron, I believe, painted uh, a beautiful story. Um, the word I keep saying, I, I keep as I'm talking to uh, to Baron, I always say, "You painted a story. You painted, you know, right. some images that were great." And it's just that. I mean, each image in its written form at this point now, you can literally see it visually. And I think that um, right now, it's it's sort of like is screaming to be told at this point. Um, mm-hmm. And I think, you know, people will feel that urgency, the urgency of when, you know, when Frederick uh, was it, his first time coming through the city and, you know, someone calls him by his name, when he knows no one in this area should know his name. Right. The fear that happens in that moment, the fear in his gut, the fear in his feet even, 
that should all be reflected. And like I said, Barron wrote a story that I think keeps up with that urgency, you know, to keep it, um, to keep it, uh, what is it now, you know, to keep it here in the here and now. I think people keep exactly because people can, I think now relate to it probably more than even then. Maybe. Yeah. And, you know, as far as, um, you know, I mentioned March before, but you the using uh, the medium of graphic novels or just comics in general, just to you know tell these types of stories, it's, it's been done successfully before. You know, two, two of the ones that jump out to mind that are, you know, two of my favorites, I guess you could say biocomics, um, and, you know, they're Incognito. Oh, yeah. And, well, Matt yeah, Incog- in- yeah, Incognito. And uh, the other one is the uh, Sentences, The Life of M.F. Grimm. You know, yeah. and so I, I think that, you know, telling, you know, Douglas's story, you know, Baron telling a story is, you know, fits perfectly, you know, within, you know, within, you know, the medium being used for that, because, you know, the stigma when it comes to comics and, you know, hopefully it's getting better, you know, for people who aren't as, you know, up on the different types of comic books that are out there, you know, you can use that to tell a variety of stories and just not about superheroes. Right. You know, I mean, even though Frederick Douglass is a superhero in you know, in, in and of himself, um, you know, there's there are countless examples of, you know, these types of stories being told, and it doesn't just need to be done in like a 500 page, you know, book, which is not bad, right. <laughs> but mm-hmm. you know, I think that I think that it definitely allows us as a creative team, you know, definitely like Baron on the script and Coy, you know, with the with the visual visual storytelling, you know, to kind of use the medium to you know draw more people in just to you know, kind of learn, you know, learn about the story. But, um, yeah, like Incognito is a personal favorite of mine. Um, and I was, and I was amazed and hyped with, you know, what they were able to do with telling that story. So, um, but yeah, you know, it's just, uh, you know, a couple of examples of what's come before. So. No, absolutely. And those are, those are, uh, two, two incredible books. Actually, just out of curiosity, are you, um, a listener of MF Grimm's music as well? No, it's been a it's been a while since I've listened to his stuff, but I, you know, like I said, I I read the book a while, man. I was like two thousand eight, yeah, yeah, possibly. But yeah, um, but no, that's I mean, there's a page where Wimberly draws like the hell out of the scene where he gets shot. Yeah, you know, yeah. I, and I'm not not saying that it was cool, but it was very, well, it was effective. Yeah, it, no, was, it, was, it, was, it was very yeah. effective. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and even in uh, you know listening to Grimm's music, I mean he yeah. he's an interesting artist in the sense that because um, you know I'm not always cool with the I, I'm not cool with necessarily the blatant like commercial um, celebration of like the violence that happens in in the community, but at the same time like mm-hmm. he's one of those people that's more like look this is this is you know this was a part of my life and um, it, it impacted me like permanently you know, in, in the, in the loss of his ability to walk. And, um, like he, he speaks about it, like his experiences realistically and, you know, with, with a sense of, um, you know, remorse. And, and I think that like what you just described, yeah, it's not like it's, it's cool that he got shot, but it's, there is a, a, just a poetic nature to how Ron Wimberly like captured that part of his story and, and just the whole rest of it. So, yeah, I mean, long story short, I really dug that book, but I, I think that both that and Incognito are, are perfect examples of how 
you know, comics can tell our stories and how there, there are so many mm. um, of our stories to be told. So, right. But, um, yeah, like, exactly. so w- one other thing that, um, that really comes to mind is the, just visually, right? Like, as, as an artist myself, um, I can imagine that there's a, you know, I, I guess just coy. Like, what what what's the experience like? I, I'm sure there's a lot of research that goes into, um, you know, representing this time and this story. But what what is that part of the process been like? That's the fun part, actually. Like, that's the part where it's like if you could sit there forever, you you know, you would do so. Except no pages would get done. So unfortunately, right. you have to get out of that stage. The times, like, um, I, I guess. To me, I love shows. I love t- television shows, rather that um, that actually go back there. Um, Hell on Wheels, which actually was a, a favorite of a uh, Baron and us, you know, like like an approach that we were thinking about for this um, for this book visually. Um, they go there. Like Turn was another one uh, in terms of like the costuming. They go there. Mm-hmm. I kind of like with the researching that we're doing that I'm doing right now. Um, I'm just looking for every single element that I can. Um, I've, I've grabbed so much uh, reference from that era. And also, like I said, any movie from that era or like any uh, book from that era, I've just picked it up and just read it or, or checked it out at this point because all of that has been painting, a, I guess, a, a visual narrative that we're trying to express within a book. It's I think the the power of it is to is to jaunt people out of this current reality and put them into that time mm-hmm. and let them delve in it. And I, my my intention is to make sure that certain details is not going to be detailed all over the place, but it's going to be um, strategic detail where detail where um, things are going to be authentic to that time. And I, that's the part that I get into. You know, like it's mm-hmm. easy to talk about it, but to me, the drawing of it is the fun part and i can't wait to express some of the darks and lights that i have planned for it which because we're planning to um use a lot more shadows um if you look at a lot of pictures from that time darks and lights or black and white rather is the extent of maybe uh, a family's clothing they don't have any any uh any color within it but they'll have like a ton of white shirts or black uh suits so it's a matter of making sure that the artwork, even though I'm going to be throwing in a lot of uh, shadows, looks interesting and cool by the shapes that I'm uh, intending to use. So it's it's interesting. I mean, I, I don't mean to get geeky on it. It's just that you can't help but get geeky on it when you're talking about the visuals, you know, and your intentions for it. Yeah, no, absolutely. You don't ever have to uh, apologize to me about getting geeky about artwork because I, I think <laughs> you know I could talk Word. about it all day, but definitely <laughs> same here, man. Same here. I mean, like, because well, with this particular project, it's like I, I the intention is to make something that um, like I was I ran across um, Gene Ha's uh, book he did with uh, Mark Wade. I think it's called uh, Strange Fruit. Mm-hmm. And my God, I mean, I actually uh, I saw it. Not this year's, but at the year before's um, New York convention, I actually I actually ran into um, Gina and looked at the table, and my God, his work was just sitting there. It was beautiful. I'm not saying I'm doing something on that level, <laughs> but in terms of the feel, mm. you know, like uh, it, as I was flipping through, I, at that point I hadn't even read the script or anything like that. Uh, 
I don't even think. No, the first issue had come out, but I, I'm not certain if I had ever seen it yet. And I'm flipping through, and you can literally, I, I mean, you can read the story. I want that approach to our book. Like, uh, not, the, the words are going to be important, no doubt, but I want the visuals in this to be just as impactful. Because right. the way how uh, Baron is writing, like I said, painting these uh, visuals, anything less than what he's asking for is it's just it, you're not doing the story any justice and nor are you doing uh frederick any 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 uh justice in that for that matter yeah no definitely um you know it's a, a little while ago I'm, I'm i can't remember um which one of you you mentioned it but you you guys were talking about um the a moment uh when when frederick douglas you know heard his name in a in a place where it, oh yeah you know where he didn't expect to and what what it made me think of was um because you know you were talking about how it, it helped to illustrate the uh the the fear and the danger mm-hmm. you know that he of being experienced. recognized right and that's just at that time mm-hmm. right and, and what that made me think of was um you know obviously one of my favorite movies of the last um last year or decade or whatever get out um in its own oh, way yeah really was um i don't know it was it was just incredible in in the way that i love it, that film oh yeah and it it took <laughs> yeah. the 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 some of the the terror that um you know is kind of commonplace with being black or mm-hmm. whether it's terror or whether it's just a sense of danger um that you know is related to your identity um and it it just it just made it put it into this package that was entertaining but was also like you know real and visceral, and it operated on a level. It, it actually reminded me of before the show. Um, I think we were we were talking a little bit about Black Panther and the way that yeah. it can operate yeah. on a level of the the film being as like you know successful as it already is. You know, prior to release, um, has right. this opportunity to really um, tell tell our stories and this, you know several stories of blackness at the same time. Um, mm-hmm. authentically while also entertaining like a lot of different people and you know opening up a possibility for people to learn um and you know i've and always tell, said oh, oh go ahead i'm sorry i was gonna say and to tell different uh points of views right um maybe using genres that's already been done but it's already established mm-hmm. but tell tell these stories tell these genres rather from a different perspective right um the black experience one of the reasons why i love get out is that it's a horror film but they don't you know, resort to knives and blood and, or even though they do, but, um, but in, in the, uh, and, yeah. and, 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 you know, you get my point. They <laughs> yeah, use yeah. racism as the horror. It's, that's it's the like, horror. Yep. that's brilliant because I mean, how many black people do you know that bring up race in the conversation? We do, we just did it. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. like, it's a, with black people, there's a real racism is a thing that we wake up every morning and we think going, we talk about, we express we exert in every single fiber of our movements and for us not to put a slant on things. And that's what, in my opinion, what um, black Panther is is attempting to do. And it's not just um, let's, like I said earlier, let's not use the film as, okay, this is it. This is one type of film. And let's just leave it at that. Or one type of black film rather. And that's, that's it. Let's just make other films uh, just like it. no, Let's take up. Let's take every single genre, and establish our own version of what we what we have always liked about that genre. Like right. um, I just I just uh, got into uh, or rather finished watching Snowfall, 
And one of the things I like about that is that it's a different take on the crack game. Mm. It's a different visual even on the crack game. And it's different than how a lot of other other, um, people who think they know what the crack game is, that was what the crack game actually was. So it's like, why not we put our own stamp on, like, like for instance, a lot of people, um, a lot of people have a tendency to be told, "Oh, that's crazy," or "You can never do that," or "Man, why would you even think that way?" No, let's think that way. Let's go there. And I, I like, yeah. like I said, books like um, North Star, Black or Black Panther, since we're talking about you know movies as well, Get Out. This is. These should be represent representations as to what you can do. Right. Let's not stop there. March is another book that we talked about earlier, you know, for graphic novels. To me, that was brilliant. I mean, I, I love when I saw I saw um, the creators on uh, on Rachel Maddow one night. And what I like was John was working with two white individuals, white, two white gentlemen, mm-hmm. right, to bring them into the experience. Now... What he also did was teach them, whether they knew it or not, whether, I mean, I'm sure they knew it. I mean, come on, right. John Lewis. Yeah. But they, they, he, he, he taught them. And by, um, because of the mere fact that he was with them, I'm sure they went off and taught others. They went off and taught and taught another. We now have that same experience and we have that, that same opportunity right here. And that's what I think that we're, you know, like I said, when you read this book, I'm, I'm certain, you know, yeah, okay, you, you guys don't have it in your hands right now. But if this, kick, if this Kickstarter is as, uh, you know, profitable and as uh, as successful as we hope it will be, then you guys will have a book that we hope is a catalyst more than anything. It's just spark ideas. It shouldn't, even, it shouldn't even be the end all about this one man. Maybe there should be more graphic novels on this man. But what we're saying is this is our slant. This is what... We think, and we have other books that will, you know, hopefully follow through behind that. But definitely, let's put our own slant on on uh, different things uh, that we've been reading and watching all this time. And people told us this is the way how it was done. No, this is our time to say this is how we want it done. No, absolutely. And, yeah. Oh, go ahead, Robert. And no, and I was going to say, and it's always one of these things, and, and it's something I, I kind of talk about with, you know, with my wife all the time. You know, we can you know, go and study and actually, you know, study everybody else, you know, the history of every other political, you know, every other famous historical figure in this world. But it's just like, you know, here's a guy that this is, here's a guy that deserves to be studied, if not, you know, more than some of these other, you know, you know, famous or, you know, influential individuals when it comes to you know, this country's history. I mean, if anything, I, I would love to learn, I would have loved to have learned more about him versus a lot of other people. It's school, right? It's school, yeah, right? School, I mean, yeah. And school and definitely. And, you know, so that's, that's kind of one of the things that's, and even with Black Panther, it's like, you know, we'll go and run to see, you know, James Bond, you know, triple, mm. I'll say triple X, you know, basically, you're at, you ask us to, you know, come out and watch these like major, big budgeted, you know, actually stupid, you know, action movies, right. and, you know, this is our, you know, this is what we're offering, you know, to the table, and it's, you know, just as good, if not better, you know, than 
a lot. So it's kind of I, for a while because I, I come from a background with indie comics, and it, you know I've seen people shining on that level, you know, for a while. You know, mm-hmm. actually doing much better than a lot of the content than that than it's out there, and you know, but we've we've been there for a minute. <laughs> you know, we've been there for a while. Right. So it's kind of. For everybody else, this is, you know, our moment to shine. And I kind of see it the same thing as far as with this Kickstarter. You know, this is, you know, this story needs to be told. This story needs to be, you know, eaten up as much as anybody else, you know, else's story. So that's, um, so when, like I said, when I'm reading through the script, you know, through Baron's script, I'm getting excited because, you know, I'm like, wow. You know, this is going to be a powerful, you know, story for somebody to pick up on, no matter who picks it up, and you know, just to take something of worth from it. Um, especially within, you know, like you said, the political and social climate that we're living in right now. You know, it's like, it, it, stuff is crazy. <laughs> you know, that's the, yeah, yeah. You know, it's crazy. And but it's you know, like, go ahead. No, and it's like, and definitely, it is a case of you know, you know, like we said before, history repeating itself. But it's um. You know, that's the only way you're going to learn, you know, learn from learn what's come from what's come before to, you know, to move forward. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, what were you going to say, Corey? No, actually, he kind of took the words out of my mouth, actually. <laughs> the, okay. the timing, the timing of, of um, the, the, like, the word, I, I don't know if anybody's noticed, but we there's this word that we use now, the climate, the climate mm-hmm. that we're under. And it's funny how we use it to talk about, you know, global warming and all that good stuff, which was something else that was very important. And now we have another use for the word. Well, right now we're in a climate where we have to be, I think, more honest than ever before. Um, one of the things that Frederick was very, um, something that Barron made me aware of, every single picture of his, it was like he was aware that in history he is being... Mm. This picture is framing the moment that he's in, and he has to exert within that moment. And remember, they had to wait ten minutes sometimes right. for the spark. Yeah. So you had to really put your put your brain into what you were thinking about when that finally that spark would hit you. And he's forever captured with a frown or a contemplate a contemplate uh, or a very thoughtful. Um, thought at that moment within his face you could see it that he's intensely thinking on things well that's the moment that he was under everything was serious everything was serious then and i think sometimes nowadays you know like the word that comes out is well what can you do about it that's the word that i always hear mm-hmm. you know from certain family members what can you do about it and this is one of the things you can do about it you know um this this book is not about just about uh one man this is about a plan you know the man had ideas and things that maybe um, as we're drawing the book and as we're putting out ideas there's going to be other ideas that's going to come out of the book that we won't even know that was exerted through the, through the book because the man his his intentions there was a lot of plans behind it and some of it we understand more and more and more as time goes on and i think today is definitely one of those times where you know it's right on time his thoughts are right on time no absolutely and and um you know i i think it just brings it back to that idea of spark too you know in that um everything you just you just mentioned like he is is lighting the spark 
um, and I see, you know, yourself and the, the work that's happening with this story and various other people who are carrying that, that work forward today as continuing that spark. And I think that, um, you know, artists, writers, creators, like, are, are that is an important role that, you know, can be played and definitely has been played, particularly with, um, you know, like black artists and writers um, of just continuing that spark um, of, of resistance, of, of education. So, yeah, I, th I think it's it's um, it's always timely. And, uh, mm. you know, I think it's, it's, it's vitally important. So with the campaign, um, which because, you know, I'm not going to say like if it's successful. I, I I like to just let's put it out there that it's going to be successful. It's going to be. But yeah. as as um you know for 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 everyone listening um what what are some of the the rewards that they can get that that um comes with um backing the campaign? With, um, there you go. Well, no, no. I was going to say it's kind of it's it's weird because it's like deja vu with going through the the route three Kickstarter, <laughs> you know, just going through the different levels. Um, but it's um you know one of the 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 biggest things that you know uh, you know donors will get or supporters is going to be a copy of the um you know the volume one of for of the graphic novel in digital and uh, hard copy form. Um, we're also you know, giving um, away digital, you know, desktop wallpapers, um, you know, featuring art from the from the book, and a special thank you on the Terminus Media website, um, and also looking at a um, and also a high resolution poster, um, you know, from Koi, uh, you know, donating at the fifty dollar level, and uh, we're also tossing in signed uh, graphic novels of. Um, I think it was like Route Three and Radio Free America, you know, as you go higher and the, um, you know, with donating, and and then also um, the and also just more copies of the of the graphic of the actual North Star graphic novel as you as you move further up. Um, so it's kind of we have a bit of a bit of everything, uh, and you know, eventually, you know, looking at some stretch goals as we as we move further along. Um, you know, and even a co-producer credit uh, as you, you know, move further up. So we have a little bit of everything. No, that's that's what's up. And um, you know, I mentioned uh, well, we've we've spoken about the artwork, but um, you know, on the Kickstarter page, you can definitely see some of Koi's artwork, and I really love how it's coming together. And even what you you mentioned about um, you know, just that that determination and and everything that you could read on Frederick Douglass's face as he was captured, you know, historically, like you can see that in the artwork. Mm. And I think it comes through. You know, Thanks, man. Yeah, no. Yeah, Koi is Thank killing you. it. Yeah, <laughs> Thank you. Killing it. Yeah. Yeah. So Thanks. my next question for both of you is, um, you know, just having been involved in this project and, um, you know, seeing, seeing Barron's work and his writing and, you know, his, his vision of this, what um I guess what what aspect for you each individually of um Frederick Douglass's story like it could be a part in the book it could be something that was captured in the creation of it but what what um is your favorite you know piece of of Frederick Douglass that you you're taking away from this? Coy, you can go first. All right, basically for me it was it, it's like I said earlier. 
every single image of his, I mean, like I said, Baron made this aware to me. He has the intensity of the moment in every single image. I think um, taking stock of the of the moment, the here and now, mm-hmm. that's what I'm taking out of his. I think the idea that because um, he he didn't take for granted that he was free. Okay, mm-hmm. he looked back, he reached back, and I think that's what we we have to take as an example. Is yeah, we're putting these books out, but we have to also reach out to those uh, up and coming artists, you know, who want to do the same thing, who want right. to create, you know, new, new ideas, you know, for the generations coming uh, for them. So definitely um, just to be that inspiration and to reach back. That's what I take from him. And, and I mean, as far as for me, it's his, um, you know, it's his strength. Um Two of my, I guess, favorite like historical figures, and I told Baron that you know I would love to, you know, possibly do the same with with these two, are Ida B. Wells and Toussaint Toussaint Louverture. And one of the things that I remember growing up is that when it came to kind of discussing these, you know, famous, um, you know, black heroes, there we were never shown it as being the ones who fought back, you know? Um, and, and it was something that really kind of sat with me because, you know, I, I knew that these people were, they had this in, inner strength to kind of keep, you know, fighting back against, you know, the countless things, issues that they had to deal with. But it always seems like there was like a concerted effort not to show that, you know, we, we swung back just as hard you know, as we received yes. it. And that's what Douglas kind of represents for me. Like, and it doesn't necessarily have to be like physical strength in terms of knocking somebody upside the head. Um, right. Even though, you know, he, he would have, he, he does swing on people, but <laughs> it's the strength to be, to just, to just live, you know, to live in that world. Um, and that's why, that's why I see in the example of other people, like I said, Ida B. Wells and Tussauds and Abitur, you know, it's just like, that's that's amazing to me because a lot of the things that we take for granted, like simply going to the park, you know, mm-hmm. getting a drink of water, you know, hey, I want to stop at Burger King today, mm-hmm. you know, that that's not, and that's probably not a good thing stopping at Burger King, but anyways, you know, those, <laughs> those, those small things, you know, that's you had to have like a daily strength just to you know wake up and just go out into the world. And this is a dude who, you know, started his own newspaper, you know, had the ear of presidents. Like I said before, he was big in the suffrage movement. He just, he just didn't stop. He just, he was just like, I'm, I'm going to be strong for everybody. And, and I think that's that, the, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, I was going to say, but that's the biggest thing that, you know, jumps out, you know, about, you know, Mr. Douglas for me. Mm. I was just going to add, that's, he is, right, we could talk about him physically, but he uses brain. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's something to, to I don't, I don't, I don't want to just throw it out there and just not kind of like explain a little. We have a tendency to follow the, next, the person in front of us, follow, follow, follow. Mm-hmm. He didn't have that chance to follow someone. You right. see what I'm saying? Right. He had to take that lead. And if there's one thing that I think needs to be added on is that he didn't, just lead through force because that's for some people that's easy okay right 
For a lot of other people, though, what's even harder is to is to lead through example and lead through examples given from your mind, from your mouth, from your, that's from your mind. The man was able to command a room with the words that he that he uh, was able to use, but he also had to train himself. Because if you remember, if you remember now, he wrote one version when he just escaped. He had limited knowledge or limited um, control over the over the English word. He wrote it again, and ended up using so much flowery words that, in some ways, for some people like myself, it wasn't as fun as reading it the first time. You know, because he was throwing in all of the knowledge that he now had had gained since, you know, gaining freedom. So. It's a process. We don't make it the first time. We make it through mistake after mistake after mistake after mistake, and then we make it. It, it would just look like as if we never made a mistake because of how bright we're shining at the end of it. So this man's experience, like I said, we would like to put that in, um, in, in graphic novel form for everybody else to enjoy. Uh, join us on this kick, Kickstarter, and like I said, you get to you know be a part of something big, be a part of something that a lot of people will not forget for a long time. No, true indeed, true indeed. And I mean, it, yeah, it's it's vitally important. And I think that um, one of the, I guess as as we as we you know kind of wrap it up and bring it to a close with that that powerful statement, one of the things that's um, great about this moment that we're in are these these stories that we've been talking about, um, and and the stories that that you know it looks like Robert. Just might be cooking up as far as like Ida B. Wells and, and Toussaint and, and everyone else, all the many stories that need to be told, you know, we're in a time where we can make that happen in ways where, you know, gatekeepers and other means, you know, previously didn't, um, there were, there were a lot of roadblocks for these stories to be told. And I think that um, right. Kickstarter and crowdfunding is a vital way. And I know, like I hear it from people all the time that they want to, you know, see themselves and they want to hear these stories um, that, that haven't been told yet. And um, this, this is it. This is our chance to, you know, really put our money where our mouth is. So I'm always, you know, getting up on the, on, on the soapbox for, for projects like yours and, and what you guys are doing. Cause I think this is vitally important. And I mean, I think that, um, you know, Frederick Douglass's example and his story is something that kids and the, the, the Frederick Douglass's of tomorrow, you know, yeah. can really, can really grow from. Cause you know, we, we are black history right now. And, um, I think we need to, to always just keep, keep that spark lit that you guys spoke about. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, man. Um, you, you know, gentlemen, it's been a it's been a pleasure um, having you. And um, I'm, we're going to keep pushing this book because, you know, I want it. I'm, I'm backing it and I want to definitely get my book. So even for selfish purposes, <laughs> but, you know. it's like, hey, hey, just for me, for me alone, I want a copy. So let's make it happen. Me, me and yeah. everyone else, you know, but, but I, 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 I'd, I'd like mine. Definitely. So, yeah. Um, so where where can where can everyone find you guys on the internet? Well, first, yeah, yeah. I can just roll through it. I'll I'll roll through the uh, for the Kickstarter myself. Um, as far as for the Kickstarter, you can find us on Twitter. It's at North Star G as in graphic, N as in novel at North Star GN. 
the um, and if you search on Facebook, the um, you can search for Frederick Frederick Douglass North Star, and uh, once again, that's Frederick Douglass North Star, and those are you know that's our social media presence. Um, and if you go to Kickstarter, just you know search by the title uh, the North Star, um, and that'll actually immediately bring us up on on Kickstarter. Uh, but for myself, uh, you can just you know for my personal projects and you know what I'm doing and. Uh, it's that's going to be Robert K J E F F R E Y dot com. That's Robert K Jeffrey dot com, and that'll connect you to um, you know all my social media handles and all the good stuff. All right, and uh, my name is uh, Coy Turnbull. So obviously, the website that I'm representing is CoyTurnbull dot com, spelled with a K K O I T U R N B U L L. And I'm also on Instagram, Facebook, under the same heading. I believe under Instagram, uh, I'm under Coy Turnbull Art. So uh, I'd like to see you guys there. I definitely post enough. So uh, come join. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah, no, it's been a pleasure. Um, hopefully next time we'll also get to speak to Baron. You know, he had some technical difficulties, but... I mean, you guys yeah. definitely held it down for the for the North Star team, and um, yeah, I'm excited. I'm, I'm I feel energized too after this conversation. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> That's cool. what's up. <laughs> yeah, and and I do want to say thank you for the for the folks who have you know spread the word and expressed interest and also have donated as a far. I mean, that's it. Every little bit counts, and we we're appreciative of it um, on a lot of levels. Yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely. As of this recording, um, there's there's 38 days to go. So I really want, um, you know, people to to get out there. There's plenty of time, but you, we definitely don't want to wait. I think that's the important thing to stress. Let's, um, you know, get it done early. And yeah, we we'll, we'll hope to hope to ha- um, speak to you both when uh, Volume Two is is being kickstarted. All right, cool. sounds good. That's a bet. Yeah, that sounds good to me. All right, cool. All right, thank you. Black comics, Black comics, Black comics.